are Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thanks for joining us on a Wednesday hump day edition of the show. Halfway through the work week. Hopefully you guys are all doing well. COVID-19 pandemic still an issue. So if you're working from home or if you're lucky enough like myself to actually go to your place of employment, hopefully regardless, you guys are having a great week. A lot to get to like normal BYU football. We're going to talk about some BYU tight ends. A question posed by a family member of mine yesterday on the golf course got me thinking we're going to talk about my answer to that we'll talk about some BYU football with the tight end group in particular also need to catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports news and a BYU administrator has some thoughts on the upcoming BYU football season that we'll get to as well we are proud to be part of the locked on podcast network which is America's number one daily podcast network and of course the motto is your team every day so let's talk BYU football and a whole lot more that is the rundown for today's show so let's get it started this is the locked on Cougars podcast for April 8th 2020 What's up, guys? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. And thanks again for taking the time to download your daily podcast, Focus on the BYU Cougars, with us here. We are available everywhere podcasts are to be found. Make sure to hit that follow button if you're listening to us on Spotify or the subscribe button if you're listening to us on Apple iTunes, for example. Make sure you never miss an episode of the show and come back each and every day as we talk BYU sports with you guys. We aim to be your one-stop shop for all the BYU sports news and insider information that you cannot find anywhere else, and we do it daily, so make sure to never miss an episode. Kicking off today's show, I was out golfing yesterday with some family. I'm playing at Sleepy Ridge down there in Orem, my home course. I love Sleepy. It's a kid who grew up in Orem. Uh, Cascade Golf Center used to be my home course, but it has since closed, so Sleepy Ridge has naturally become my home course. And I was out there playing with an uncle of mine, uh, and he posed the question, just asking about BYU football this coming season, and his question was, well, they graduated three wide receivers, so who's BYU's leading receiver going to be this year? And the conversation kind of ranged back and forth about guys like Gunnar Romney potentially being a guy, uh, incoming freshman Cody Epps, or a Juco transfer like Christopher Jackson coming in and being the leading receiver for BYU. And then my dad brought up the point, he's like, well, hasn't Matt Bushman led BYU in receiving the past three seasons, and shouldn't the tight ends kind of lead the way for BYU? So it's kind of got my gears uh, spinning in my head, and I've been thinking about this throughout the rest of the evening after we had that conversation on the golf course and also it just carried on into today so I wanted to make it a topic on today's podcast and let's talk about that because I know BYU fans would love to see a guy like a Gunnar Romney step up and really become a Austin Colley-like player. That'd be great. I'm not saying that I wouldn't mind seeing that myself. It'd be great to have a standout, true number one wide receiver who you know you can count on for, let's say, 100 receptions a year, 1,000 plus yards, and 10 touchdowns. Who wouldn't want that in their college football program? But BYU traditionally has always struggled to recruit elite speed and athleticism at the wide receiver position. That's not to say that guys like a Christopher Jackson, who's an incoming junior college transfer, or uh, Cody Epps, an incoming freshman wide receiver who had 1,700 yards receiving for modern day high school this past season down there in Southern California. That's not to say they can't recruit guys who have skill sets that can 
that can benefit BYU. But I think BYU understands the value of having tight ends as their great equalizer in on offense. For example of that, well, there's no you have to look no further than what Matt Bushman has done in a BYU uniform. He has 125 career receptions for a total of 1,719 yards and nine touchdowns in his career. Over the three seasons he's played for BYU, he has been their leading receiver in terms of yardages every season. That uh, screams to me, well, guess what? Matt Bushman, I'm expecting him to be BYU's leading receiver once again in 2020 as a senior. And that's not a bad thing to have because Matt Bushman's ability at six foot five, 240 pounds to either bully safeties or cornerbacks who are covering him, nickelbacks, etc., or run away from linebackers who are trying to cover him, sets him apart. He's an elite pass-catching tight end, and he's come back this year, I think, and in part to show what he can do against man coverage even more than he already has shown in his career. He wants to kind of cover up some of the holes in his games. He gets ready for a potential NFL career after this coming season, and he wants wanted to work on it at the collegiate level and play out his collegiate days. You can never get those back. That's the biggest thing about that. So Matt Bushman, I think he is a guy who has the ability and the capability and the expectation in 2020 is for him to be BYU's leading receiver once again. But he will be flanked by plenty of talent in his own right. And coming up here in the coming days and weeks, we're going to get more into player position uh, group uh, details. We'll talk more in depth about different guys. But uh, the tight end group group for BYU. There's a lot of talent there that's waiting in the wings to really flank Matt Bushman this year. The next guy up on the list, in my opinion, is Isaac Rex. Six foot six, 247 pounds. We had him on the podcast during the brief period when BYU was holding spring practices, and he said his goal is to really become that next guy after Matt Bushman and be ready to step into his shoes when Matt moves on. Byron Rex has all of the ability in the world to become, uh, I think, the next great BYU tight end. Of course, his father was an All-American and a two-time All-Wax selection at BYU. Uh, Isaac's got all of the size, all of the speed, athleticism you want to see from a great tight end, and I'm expecting him to be that true number two option for BYU this coming fall. That's not to say that it goes too deep for BYU, because you also have guys like Carter Wheat. I know the coaching staff at BYU is extremely high on what Carter can do. He was a kind of under... I guess utilized or underutilized under the radar prospect coming out of Red Mountain High School in Mesa, Arizona when he came. His father is former BYU offensive lineman Warren Wheat. And Carter Wheat has some elite athleticism in his own right. I know coaching staff was hoping to see him used more heavily during the 2019 season. He suffered two different lower leg injuries that really hampered him, but they're hoping he's healthy coming this season and he should help bolster the position, as should Bentley Hanshaw. Bentley Hanshaw has served a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Also as a father who played for BYU and Tim Hanshaw, a former offensive lineman in the late 80s and early 90s, went on to an NFL career. And Hanshaw, more of a Matt Bushman type of a player, 6'5", 6'6", 220 pounds, probably needs to put on a little, little bit more weight to be a truly effective weapon for BYU, but has the capability of being another tight end for BYU. So, Getting back to the question at hand with my uncle and my dad, I think BYU's tight end group is going to be the leading pass-catching group for BYU, more so than the wide receivers. It will be nice to see the wide receiving group, Gunnar Romney, Dax Milne, uh, Christopher Jackson, Cody Epps, 
to just name a few or three or four of those guys, it would be nice to see them step up and really become the elite unit that BYU fans have hoped they would see from from the wide receiver group in BYU uniform. But I don't think it's critical. I think this tight end group is more than capable of being able to step up and say, you know what? We can shoulder the load. We can be that group that can really carry you guys. And those are just four names. Matt Bushman, Isaac Rex, Carter Wheat, and Bentley Hanshaw that I think you're going to see extensive playing time. You also have guys like Nate Heaps, Hank Tui Pelotu, who suffered two ACL tears in his BYU career to this point, also on the roster. Uh, Heaps coming back from knee injury in his own right. And BYU added a former Juco walk-on tight end in Lane Lunt, uh, played at Eastern Arizona College. He is from Pima, Arizona. He's got plenty of size in his own right, 6'4", 230 pounds. And not to mention, you also have the wingback position for BYU, manned by Kyle Griffiths, a senior from Windermere, Florida, as well as Mason Wake, a kid from Lone Peak High School. Both of them more traditional fullback body types, but in the new offense that BYU is running, the shotgun with those wingbacks that become essentially extra blockers near the offensive line. Well, guess what? Griffiths and Wake have proven that they can catch footballs as well. So, I think that the tight end group for BYU, and if my uncle's listening to this, uh, Jim, hello. Uh, if you're if you're worried about BYU's wide receiving group, I think that the tight end group sitting there like waving at you, like, "Hey, hey, we can do this too. We can. We've carried the load the last few years. Why can't we carry it again?" So I think that the tight ends for BYU are their true difference makers on offense because they become a mismatch. You can put multiple tight ends on the field, deploy them in multiple sets, and guess what? It becomes a problem for opposing defenses. Do we use linebackers to cover these guys and potentially have them run away from our linebackers, or do we bring up our safeties slash nickelbacks and try and cover them? and potentially have them be overpowered or have guys jump right over them and catch a football. The tight end is a fantastic weapon. The NFL, we've seen it with guys like Travis Kelsey. You remember Rob Gronkowski from the New England Patriots, uh, Kelsey playing for the Kansas City Chiefs. You can go back to guys like Tony Gonzalez in his heyday with the Atlanta Falcons, etc., Tight ends are true weapons on the field, and if you have elite guys, elite tight ends who can really do all of the different things that they're required to do, it's a difference maker, and I think BYU's got a bunch of guys on that roster at the tight end group in particular who can step up and really make BYU's offense a problem in 2020, and hopefully that yields more consistent uh, offensive output and scoring in the red zone. So there you go. Some of my thoughts on the BYU tight end group. Uh, big thanks to my Uncle Jim for this, the topic prompt I guess I should say while we were out golfing yesterday had a good round by the way it was a good day to get out and golf so if you guys are looking for something to do to get out of the house I know the whole social distancing trend is absolutely to be followed but golf you can spread out on a golf course and not see anybody for a couple hundred yards if you really want to do that so I'd encourage you guys take advantage of every opportunity you've got to get outside enjoy the fresh air today here along the Wasatch Front will see one of the nicest days of the year apparently according to the forecast all right coming up here in just a second I had a chance to catch up with Robbie Bosco it's going to be on a series coming up where we're talking about the 1984 national championship team we also talked a little bit about the current uh, format of college football what Robbie 
thinks of the upcoming football season. Is it in trouble? Does he think it'll be altered or delayed? We'll get to that here in just a minute, and a little bit later on, we'll catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports news like we normally do. Before we do that, though, a reminder for you guys that listening to this podcast is really simple to do. All you've got to do is tell your smart device, play the latest episode of the Locked On Cougars podcast, and we'll be right there with you guys. A lot of you guys working from home these days, trying to get back to a routine of what you do. Well, guess what? We can make it real simple for you to catch up on the BYU sports news when you have some downtime. You're taking your lunch break. You're taking just a midday break from everything going on. Tell your smart device, whether it's your smartphone or your smart speakers in your house, tell them, play the latest episode of the Locked on Cougars podcast, and we'll entertain you for a little bit. Uh, 30 minutes or less, we aim to keep you guys up to date on everything with BYU sports. Use that smart speaker and make sure you are the smartest BYU fan in the room. All right, guys, coming up next week, you've probably heard some promos here on the Locked On Podcast Network for the greatest teams in franchise history, or in this case with a college program, college program history. Well, BYU football, 1984, is the pinnacle of what BYU football has done, obviously winning a national championship. We're going to have coaches and players from that team on with us to talk about their memories of that team next week. Guys like Robbie Bosco, Jim Herman, Norm Chow. We're going to have multiple names and personalities from that team to talk about it with us here on the podcast. And there'll be exclusive conversations you will not find anywhere else. So stay tuned for that next week. But I had a chance when I was talking with Robbie Bosco this week in advance of that, we talked a little bit about the current format of what's what it's looking like for this coming football season. Obviously, a lot of things in doubt right now with the COVID-19 pandemic. We do need to take it seriously, folks. It's not a hoax. I, a lot of people out there are thinking that, well, hey, we're going to be back to sports in short order. We don't know anything at this point. I think Adam Silver said it best that I don't know anything more. I might know even less than I did three weeks ago. He was speaking with Ernie Johnson from T. On a, a Twitter face to face meeting on social media. And he said, I might know less now than I did three weeks ago when the NBA shut down the season and essentially started the cascade of shutdowns for sp- pro sports leagues as well as the college leagues around the country. We don't know ultimately when things are going to open back up and and sports fans will be able to get back to watching their favorite teams in action. I'm hopeful, as I talked about on yesterday's podcast, that some of these plans from Major League Baseball, from the NBA, the NFL, etc., that they're able to push forward. And if they're able to get things rolling here in the next couple of months, I think that the college football season is absolutely should be expected to be a go if, if things all go according to plan. But we do not know the current format. And when I I talked with Robbie Bosco. He had a pretty insightful answer on just how uncertain things are. So here you go. BYU administrator now, Robbie Bosco, the former BYU starting quarterback, talking about what he expects from this upcoming season with myself. Well, we're all hoping and praying that it starts on time. I mean, there's a, we have a little bit of time left to hopefully get this thing figured out. Um, there may be a little bit of a, a, a shakeup with uh, fall practice coming in August. Um, that'll be the kind of the, the foretelling tale of what's going to happen. Yeah. So we're all hoping that it starts on time and we can play our schedules out. But at this rate, there's really uncertainty of, of what's going to happen. And as you've seen, all these other sports have to uh, um, put it aside for a while. It's, it's tough. 
it's tough. Uh, we live in a, a big sports world, and it's a lot of fun to to be around sports. And those are the things that kind of motivate motivate us and, and bring a smile to our faces. So this. Let's hope that we can start on time and uh, have a great football season for everybody. There you go, Robbie Bosco with myself. We'll have more of him on the podcast next week, as I said, talking about the 1984 National Championship team. But I think he expressed what a lot of us think. The 2020 football season will mean, I think, a lot to people if it's played on time, and the hope is to have it back on time. It's just a weird, weird situation we're all existing in. Obviously, most of you know, if you don't, I work for the Zone Sports Network, as I mentioned in the open. Well, we're a sports radio station. We are owned by the Utah Jazz. And without live sports going on, a lot of people have asked me over the past couple of weeks, well, what are you guys talking about? Well, you guys should tune in, first off. Uh, join us from 6 to 10 a.m. every day, DJ and PK in the morning. We have a great time, uh, both having fun, but also talking about various sports topics, great guests etc. But the the biggest thing is, I think none of us know exactly when sports are going to return, but when they do, think of how much fun we're all going to have knowing that they're back in our lives. It, it's I think when you th- have things taken away from you that mean so much to you, and obviously sports in my life, there's something that I, I've always loved, but I also draw my paycheck from them. When they're taken away, it really puts some things in perspective and makes you think, man, I really missed that. I hope it comes back soon. I hope we're able to watch our favorite teams in action soon and I think that Robbie Bosco his sincere hope and you heard him I have no doubt no reason to doubt what he said is what he sincerely believes is that he hopes that this season it goes off and we have a great season overall I'm hoping that come August we are out there watching training camp maybe it's an even extended training camp because of the lack of spring ball where they started maybe in mid-July let teams go a little bit longer I would love to see that. I would love to see football played in its traditional time window from late August to early to mid-December with the national championship game in, what, mid-January at this point? I think that's what I'm hopeful of. That's what I am looking forward to seeing this fall. And hopefully you guys are doing the same thing. As I've said with this podcast, I am to be with you guys daily throughout the entirety of however long this pandemic has us in social isolation or uh, physical distancing, social distancing trends, because I aim to help you guys kind of navigate things and stay with you every day and maybe break up the monotony of what's going on. I know working from home, I'd be going insane. I'm lucky enough that I am considered uh, critical infrastructure or hashtag in critical infrastructure where I actually have to come into a radio studio to do my job every day. If I were working from home, I understand how tough that would be because I've got two young kids, i got a wife, and to balance both work and home life in the same place, man, that would be tough. So let's hope the football is back in our lives or we're back to a semi-normal state of life as well this coming fall. And I echo uh, Robbie Bosco's comments about the fact that, hey, let's just hope that it all plays out and we're playing football come August. All right, coming up here in just a second, we're going to catch up everything on B- with regards to other BYU sports news, some new coaches for the BYU Cougarettes we need to talk about, BYU men's golf, a national ranking to finish out their season that was ended prematurely. So a lot to get to here in just a second. Before we do that, though, a reminder for you guys, if you guys are big NBA draft junkies, Chad Ford, uh, who is, of course, the longtime NBA draft lead analyst for ESPN.com, well, he is now with the Locked On Podcast Network, and he has a podcast called 
Chad Ford's NBA Big Board. He talks with great guests, big name guests, and also gets you ready with thoughts on the upcoming NBA draft. Obviously, Chad has a connection to Utah and BYU, being a professor at Brigham Young University, Hawaii, out there on Oahu. So he's a guy who's a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I'm not sure that really necessarily will draw you guys to listen to the podcast, but if you guys are NBA draft NBA draft fans who want to know more about prospects, the biggest names, get some of the biggest conversations with regards to the draft and the lead up to it, check out Chad Ford's new podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, Chad Ford's NBA Big Board. All right, guys, catching up on everything else going on in BYU sports news here on a Wednesday edition of the podcast. Let's start off with BYU men's golf. Uh, they were ranked number 17 in the final Division One Bushnell Golf Week coaches poll that was released earlier this week. A little bit lower ranking than I think BYU probably deserved. Bruce Brockbank was quoted in the release from BYU saying, quote, our seniors have done great work for our team. I can't thank them enough for getting us back in the top 20. To be in the top 20, absolutely. That, that's something to be celebrated. Uh, BYU BYU now will look forward to the future and Bruce Brockbank's going to have to do a little bit of rebuilding or reloading next year because guys like Peter Kest, who at one time was the number one ranked golfer in men's golf individually, Rhett Rasmussen, who has qualified for the McKenzie Tour up there in Canada in pursuit of his own professional golf career. Spencer Dunaway are three seniors who are departing the BYU football program, but also you're going to lose two of his juniors, Kelton Hirsch among them, uh, some guys who have had plenty of talent. So BYU next year in terms of men's golf definitely could be uh, looking like they're rebuilding. Hopefully it's just a reload for Bruce Brockbank. Guys like Cole Ponich, one of the best golfers here locally in recent years, uh, looks to lead the team into 2020 and beyond but uh, I think a good season all the way around and a top 20 national ranking to finish out the 2019 oh I guess I should say 2019 2020 season fantastic result for Bruce Brockbank and congratulations to them uh, 41 Cougars on the men's and women's track and field teams are named to all MPS academic all MPSF a- academic honors uh, from the conference of course 24 of them are women and then 17 of them on the men's team congratulations that's up from 39 athletes getting those academic honors last year. To be nominated for MPSF All Academic Honors, student athletes must have at least a 3.00 or better cumulative grade point average, be at least a sophomore academically, and have completed one full academic year at BYU prior to the season, and also compete in 50% of the track and field competitions through the 2020 indoor season. So congratulations to all 41 of those athletes, well-deserved honors in their own right. Final note from today's podcast for you guys. Congratulations and welcome to Stacy Bills and Morgan St. Pierre as the new head coaches or co-coaches of the Cougarettes Dance Company. Obviously, the Cougarettes have a rich history, multiple national titles, what, 19 of them uh, under the direction of uh, Jody Maxfield, who recently retired as the coach of the Cougarettes after, I think, three decades uh, coaching that uh, unit. And both uh, Morgan St. Pierre and Stacey Bills are accomplished dancers in their own right, former Cougarettes in their own rights, and they're coming in uh, as 
coaches here, well, they're going to look to carry on a rich legacy with the Cougarettes. Uh, Bills studied exercise science at BYU. She is married to former BYU football safety Casey Bills. They have five children. Congratulations to her. And then St. Pierre, that last name might sound familiar to some of you who are of a rugby persuasion. She is married to BYU rugby head coach Stephen St. Pierre. The couple have three children. So congratulations to both Morgan St. Pierre and Stacy Bills on their new appointments as co-coaches of the Cougarettes. Rich legacy to live up to, but I have no doubt that they'll do their best to carry on what Jody Maxfield has built with the Cougarettes, and I'm expecting to see some more national championship trophies in the trophy case for the Cougarettes in coming years. All right, that'll do it for today's edition of the podcast. Can't thank you guys enough for your continued support of the show. Like I said, hit that follow button on the, on Spotify if you're listening to us there. Hit the subscribe button if you're listening to us on Apple iPad, Apple, Apple iTunes, excuse me, Apple Podcasts app on your phone, etc. And just make sure to follow the show regardless. Come back each and every day so that way you never miss what we're talking about here on Locked On Cougars. We aim to be your one-stop shop, like I say all the time, for all of the BYU sports news you cannot find anywhere else as well as insider information that you won't find anywhere else as well. Thanks again for supporting the show. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Locked on Cougars. My personal Twitter feed is at Jacob C. Hatch. And of course, you can drop the show a note anytime via email. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address. Enjoy whatever's left of your Wednesday. We will talk to you guys again soon. This has been the Locked on Cougars podcast for April 8th, 2020. We will talk to you tomorrow.